This is the On the Banks podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello, everyone. I am, of course, your host, Lance Glenn, and this is episode 33 of the On the Banks podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11. And of course, you can follow On the Banks on Twitter as well at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you want to listen to any of our previous episodes, you can find them on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Just search On The Banks Podcast. You can find them on SoundCloud. Just search OTB underscore SB Nation. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at OnTheBanks.com. We have hit March. Tournament season is here. Wrestling, men's and women's basketball are in their tournaments. And spring sports are now fully in gear. For all the coverage of every Rutgers sport in the regular season, postseason, or offseason, make sure to go to onthebanks.com. I am super excited to speak with our guest for episode 33 to recap the regular season, talk about tonight's game, and give his thoughts on raised expectations next year. I am pleased to be joined by the associate head coach of Rutgers basketball from 1973 to 1985 and the current color analyst alongside Jerry Recco on the Rutgers IMG Sports Network, Joe Boylan. Before we speak with Joe about what it takes to win here consistently at Rutgers, I want to quickly discuss what has gone on the last week and a half with Rutgers wrestling and men's and women's basketball. Rutgers athletics is very busy right now. This past weekend, Anthony Ashnault and Nick Suriano helped Rutgers wrestling achieve something it never had before. This year was the first time Rutgers has ever had two Big Ten champions in the same season. Of course, Suriano at 133 pounds and Ashnault at 149 pounds. Of course, I want to congratulate both Nick and Anthony on their accomplishments. I am sure, though, that while they are both glad they won at the Big Ten tournament in their respective weight classes, they have their eyes on a much bigger prize in Pittsburgh in a little over a week. Rutgers women's basketball reached their first ever Big Ten tournament semifinals last week. They beat Purdue in the quarters and then lost a tough game to Iowa, coming back from a huge deficit late fighting until time ran out in the semifinals. I am very interested to see what seed the women end up as and what teams they match up with in their part of the bracket. I am sure we all have the same worries that once again Rutgers will end up in the same bracket as UConn. But all of us will find out on Monday as the women's bracket is revealed and Rutgers will surely return to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2015. Now on to men's basketball. They take on 13th seeded Nebraska tonight at 5.30, a team they beat earlier in the season at the rack, and frankly, a team they should be tonight. Rutgers matches up well with Nebraska, and although they lost their last two, they come in as one of the surprise teams of the conference, more than doubling their previous high of conference wins in a season with seven. And of course, most importantly, they gained as much respect as they did in the conference, finishing 12th when a lot of people picked them to obviously finish last again. A win for Rutgers would make that three straight Big Ten tournaments with at least one win, and it would provide the team with some positive momentum for the rest of the way. I think Rutgers should win, and they should continue the progress that they have made so far this season. Time to talk to the reporters. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. He was the associate head coach at Rutgers from 1973 to 1985 under then-head coach Tom Young. He was the radio analyst for Rutgers Hoops from 1985 to 1991. He then spent two decades as the athletic director for Loyola before returning to the broadcast booth once again. He returned to Rutgers for the 2015-2016 season, and you can hear him alongside Jerry Recco on every Rutgers men's basketball game. I am now pleased to be joined by Joe Boylan. Joe, thank you so much for coming on and giving me some of your time today. 
That's great. It's great to talk to you. Always enjoy talking hoops. So Rutgers just finished the regular season, 14-16, seven Big Ten wins. They're the 12th seed in the Big Ten tournament. They surprised a lot of people. Obviously, many picked them to finish last in the Big Ten once again. But now that the regular season is over, as you look back on it, what are one or two things or one or two players that really surprised you this season for the Scarlet Knights? I think the coaching staff really did a good job bringing along the freshmen. Uh, you know, obviously uh, integrating them into the into the uh, starting lineup as time went on, and I think each one of those players had had their moments. Uh, certainly, Ron Harper at the end of the year, last five games, shooting over sixty percent, averaging like eighteen points a game. Mathis had some some really good games. Uh, McConnell played really really well, and. Uh, I think Miles Johnson is just has a chance to has a huge upside. So I think that was one of the things that the, that those players who I watched in the summer and thought, wow, you know, they they have a chance to be pretty good, turned out to be very good. And then of course the the play of Geo Baker throughout the year has just been extraordinary. So uh, I, I think the the ability to to win three straight Big Ten games, you know, beating Nebraska, then going to Penn State and winning there, and then um, beating Indiana, you know, back-to-back-to-back games in in January. It's extraordinary to see a Rutgers uh, team and program do that. And also uh, getting to listen to um, guys like Sean Morris, Big Ten uh, analyst who's been around a long time, and the respect that he has for the program and what they're doing. So to me, that that's, that's the big takeaway, I think. You know, as I mentioned, this team was once again picked last in the Big Ten in the preseason. It was a young team, a team that obviously lost star Corey Sanders. Whatever your expectations were when the season started, how did they match up with them? Did they, did they reach them? Did they possibly even exceed them? You know, how did Rutgers match up with your expectations going in? I, I thought I thought they'd be better just by watching them, uh, the chemistry. Uh, I just thought they, they have a good group. Uh, they like each other. Uh, they're fun to be around. Uh, they have good senses of humor. Not that I, of course, at my age, I get a lot of that stuff, but, uh, I mean, you can just see it's, it's just, just a, a totally different set of vibes. I think they're a fun group to coach. And, uh, you know, I, I just think the one thing that, uh, coach Michael and his staff have done is they just coach these kids up every day and they challenge them every day to be better and uh, never accept the fact that, you know, you pick 14th then, um, the night before the Indiana game, uh, I sat on a film session, and, and uh, what struck me was, as Coach Pichel was finishing up after Jay Young gave the scouting report, was that if they won that game, they had a chance to go to get as high as eighth in the Big Ten, and that's that that's something when you're playing your last game of the year, or you have a meaningful game, your last game is just extraordinary. I think it tells you where the program, how far the program has gotten, and also where the program is headed. I feel like everyone's MVP for this team would either be Gio or Eugene. So I don't want to ask you that, but if you were able to give an award to, let's say, the most improved player on the team from the beginning of the season until now heading into the Big Ten tournament, who would you give it to and why? That's a good question. I really haven't thought about that. And, uh, you know, to me, Eugene Omaruri is is like a Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything. And his ability to come back from that injury, uh, you know, dislocate your kneecap, there's no way you come back this quick. It says a lot for what Dave Van Dyke uh, did to get him back. And uh, I think um, most improved player, 
I would have to say probably from start to finish, probably two. I think Harper from the beginning of the year to how he finished up at uh, McConnell uh, from the beginning of the year to how they, they both finished up. I think they both improved uh, as much as anybody. Uh, and all three freshmen did, but I think those two, especially uh, uh, Harper, uh, as he, that streak he had at the end of the year was just extraordinary, to be very honest with you. How impressed have you been with the growth and improvement of the freshmen as well as Gio and Eugene? You know, they've all been impact players here for Rutgers. And I, I think you'll agree, they're really forming a great nucleus for this team going forward in the next few seasons here. Well, the other thing is, you know, uh, I think they've, the way the game's being played today, you know, on the perimeter a lot, I think what Rutgers did this year, they did a really good job, I think, uh, maximizing Shaq Carter finally, uh, I mean, Shaq uh, Dorson finally, you know, totally healthy, uh, you know, playing him 18 minutes a game. He and Miles and and uh, Johnson splitting that time. Uh, you know, our center position really uh, gave us a lot of good minutes, a lot of good uh, points, rebounds, but also uh, I think did a good job defensively. Uh, coming back, I would say, uh, with the addition of the two players, uh, Jacob Young is sitting out is a, is a is a different player. Rutgers doesn't have anybody quite like him on their roster right now uh, playing. Uh, he's left-handed. He's incredibly quick, very athletic, very strong scorer. Um, uh, yeah, Mulcahy, who is just an extraordinary passer. I listened to Steve Peichel uh, talk about him and then watched him a couple of times on, on tape. I mean, he just sees the floor really well. Uh and he's big. He can look over the defense. And uh, I think you add those two pieces, you've got uh, all of a sudden you've got a lot, lot more depth. And in uh, Young, you got somebody who can score. Uh, he's explosive. And I'm not saying he's anywhere near as good as these players, but he's like a Cassius Winston and an Edwards and, uh, you know, those kind of players where um, – who are you know who are small but very quick and can do a lot of good things. So I think it adds a lot, and, and I'm sure they're they're looking to add another piece too. So to me, that the, the um, you know, there, there's no limit to where this program can go, and I think uh, they've got the perfect coaching staff. And um, again, they're doing it the right way. They're building from defense and rebounding and building it up. Those kind of foundations going forward is really going to pay off. This, the difference with this year's team is they can score a little bit. Uh, you know they could they could win games in the 70s, where, where the first two years you had to, they had to win totally with their defense. And in today's college basketball, you can only do so much with your defense. You have to be able to score. And certainly Eugene is just a um, he's just a warrior. I mean, he the things he does on that floor, how many minutes he plays, and you know he's usually overmatched size wise. He just um, he's a, he's just a gifted player. Got to know Tom Izzo a little bit, and he just loves loves him. He just, you know, he just talks about how you know, every every minute he's on the floor, he gives you something. And that's the kind of leadership you need. He and Gio are, are great leaders. And, and with Shaq Dorson this year, I think, pulled that team along. You know, Joe, Gio obviously runs this offense, but his shot has struggled the last three games. He's averaged under five points in the last three. And prior to those struggles, he was having a great stretch, averaging double figures. What have you seen from Gio the last few games? What does he have to do to kind of break out of that little slump and be that lead offensive weapon that he can be? Now, this is my opinion only. I, I just think he's tired. I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, 
I, I said to Jerry yesterday off the air a couple of times, I said, he's just tired. You can just see it. I mean, he's, and he's a warrior. Nobody plays harder. He plays every minute all out. When you look at all the minutes he's played and he's handling the ball. And I think coach Peichel's done a good job. Uh, he's put McConnell in at the point and taking uh, Gio off the point and put him inside to try and run him off some screens and get him some looks. But also, uh, he's incredibly well-respected in the league, so you've got the best defensive player on the other team playing him now, so it, it, it makes it a little, a little more difficult. And you play all those minutes, um, and also he's, he's a good defensive player. He's playing one of the quicker, more you know, athletic players on the other team, and, and you do that for 31 games, you know, you, it's, it, sometimes it catches up with you, and I think that's what's happened. That, that's my opinion. I could be totally wrong. Hopefully I'll get 30 uh, against Nebraska and prove me totally wrong. How much respect in your mind did this program gain from following Big Ten schools, media around the country? You know, seven Big Ten wins was more than expected. What did this season do for the perception of the program? Well, I've been fortunate. You get to be my age, you get to know people. And, <laughs> uh, you know, I've gotten to know Tom Izzo a little bit, and John Beeline, I've been friends since the 90s, and I know Coach McCaffrey since the 80s. And just to hear those uh, – Coaches talk about, number one, the job Peichel has done and his staff and what they think about um, Coach Peichel as a person as well as a coach. You know, it's uh, if you're a Rutgers fan, it, it, it kind of warms you up to realize, you know, three of the best coaches in the league feel that way about him and just feel he's really doing things the right way. They like that. And that Rutgers is the kind of team you don't want to play because they come at you every game. They just come at you. They, they play hard defensively. They battle you every minute and maybe not be the most talented offensive team, but somehow they figure it out. And to me, the, the uh, when you when you listen to, as I said, Sean Morris, who I've gotten to know the Big Ten Network and a couple other the announcers, um, and they're not just saying that. I think they mean it. They realize that uh, this program is, is uh, you know, it, it, is really coming along. And the other thing I have to add is the fans. The fans at the rack have been unbelievable. Um, you know, you, you listen to the coaches after the game, uh, all of a sudden, this is a tough, tough place to play. It's a, it's a great home court and it, uh, you know, you watch the students and the, and the people, the way they react. Um, you know, I think the Penn state game was just one of those unfortunate things. And we had shots at the end, uh, just, you know, just couldn't make that last basket. But, uh, I mean, Penn state, the game before beat Maryland, they had, they had Maryland by 25 points at, at, at State College. So it's a good theme. And I think the, uh, the Indiana game, Indiana, that was their game. I mean, they, they, they needed that game to have any chance in the NCAA, and they just played with incredible efficiency. They were just better yesterday. They were better both ends of the floor. And um, uh, so so we'll see. You know, Nebraska's all of a sudden – decided they, they want to play. So we'll see what the, uh, the first round of the tournament will be like. And hopefully Rutgers can have another little run that they did in New York, which was extraordinary. You know, going into the tournament, Rutgers gets Nebraska in round one. It's the 12-13 matchup. This is a team that Rutgers obviously beat earlier in the year. From that game in late January, what does Rutgers have to do to pull out a win and move on to face Maryland in round two? I mean, they have, they have, they have two pros about Rutgers a pro. Uh, and um, uh, nobody's a pro, no question about it. Uh, you know they're uh, they're just really, really good players. They're they're 
they're they're incredibly talented and gifted, and uh, I think the um, and Watson their guard is very good. So the fact that they struggled this year, I think, is not Parker Palmer, excuse me. Uh, uh, it's been a surprise because they came into the year figured they'd be in one of the top four teams in the league, and it just hasn't worked out that well. And sometimes with teams like this and coaches under a lot of pressure, you know, how much, uh, how much do they have left? Well, you know, Iowa led them the whole game uh, and yet they came back uh, and the crowd got into it. So they come in feeling pretty good about themselves. So you have to control, you have to contain Palmer and make sure he doesn't get 30. I mean, he can, he can get in the twenties and, um, and just the run, I think Rutgers can score against them um, because they do a good job inside. One of their big players is Al Copeland, so they don't have the size they had before. So I think Rutgers can exploit that with Eugene inside. And then it's then it's all about energy. These tournaments are about energy. You saw what happened last year in the Big Ten tournament. You know, Rutgers Nation, as Coach Michael's fond to say, turned that into a terrific home court. Um, and uh, if you can make some shots early and get yourself excited, everybody's excited about playing, but there's a different level, especially when you're playing in front of, there won't be very many people in that first game in Chicago. So you just have to generate your own excitement and your own enthusiasm. But for this team, every game is a, is a chance to get better, is a chance to, to uh, improve going forward. So they'll be focused and they'll be ready to play. And, um, if the game's close, I think Rutgers has, has done a good job, uh, especially at the end of the year. They've been able to either win games or, or come very close to winning games in the last three or four minutes because they've been able to make plays and make stops. So we'll see. But this is a very talented team. It's uh, probably the most uh, underachieving team in the Big Ten, I would say, this year would be um, Nebraska because of those talent, because of Palmer and uh, – and Roby too. You, they have two potential pros on that team, and uh, when you have the kind of year you have, uh, it causes all sorts of problems. Uh, especially with, you know, there's a lot of talk about coaching issues there. So we'll see what happens. You know, Joe, I think it's crucial for Rutgers to win Wednesday because I'm a big believer in off-season momentum. You know, obviously the season has to end eventually, but in my opinion, going into the off-season with some joy and optimism can really benefit a program prior to the new season. What's your opinion on what winning in the Big Ten tournament could do for Rutgers going into the offseason? You know, how can ending on a relatively high note kind of affect the morale of the players coming back for next year? Well, I think uh, what happened last year, uh, uh, you can make it. I mean, Rutgers was better last year, but the fact they went into the uh, Big Ten tournament, won two games, it took, you know, Purdue, which ranked in the top five, down to the last you know, under a minute and a half, last possession or so, I think changed the whole perception of the program, not just uh, internally and with the fan base, but also externally. That wow, you know, this 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 is really a, this is a program on the move. And obviously, anytime you can win, you know, a game in the big in the Big Ten tournament is a big thing. Um, this team will be focused. Uh, I would agree with you. Uh, it's not the end all, the end all. Um, uh, it certainly helped you, but I think when you have young players, um, you know their memories tend sometimes tend to be very short, which they need to be. Uh, you got to forget about what happened in the, at uh, Indiana. I mean, Indiana made eleven of their first thirteen shots, and 
<clears throat> made 13 of their first 14 free throws in the first half. It's good. It's hard to beat a team like that. Um, so, um, and these, these are young, resilient players and that they're going to be back and they know they have a chance to be pretty good. And, um, so it's, it's great if you win, there's no question about it, but I, I don't think it, it would, it would change how the players feel about where this program is going or anybody else who really follows it. Um, it'd be nice to win a couple games, that's for sure. A couple more, Joe, before I let you go. What has this season done for expectations next year? You know, everyone's back. Everyone's a year older. We talked about it. Jacob Young's eligible. Paul McKay, comes in as a freshman. And Rutgers, we both believe, will still add a few more pieces. What do you think fans should reasonably expect next year? And what would be Coach Peigel's fourth season? You know, is an NIT or even, dare I say, an NCAA tournament appearance reasonable to expect? Well, I think you always have those kind of goals because if you don't have those kind of goals, you have no way to reach them. I mean, that's, uh, I, that's, that's a cliche, but it's true. I think you, you have to set goals for your for your program. And, you know, Coach Michaels sets those kind of goals. And I, I think it's he will set that kind of goal. Hey, you know, we, we, we have a chance to, to do something Rutgers hasn't done back to the postseason if we can. But it's not easy. This you know, adding two more games in the Big Ten is, is really is really uh, it's 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 tough going through those twenty games. Uh, I was talking to uh, uh, one of the coaches at um, at Michigan State and uh, he was just saying how how no matter how tough you are, you just get beat up by it. And uh, I think for Rutgers uh Usually the biggest improvement in players uh, traditionally is between their freshman and sophomore years. They just tend to grow a little bit more, and I think you're going to see that with this team. Uh, assuming everybody stays healthy, everybody comes back, and uh, there will be some excitement around the program. And uh, But it's a tough league, and um, obviously you've got some programs that are down a little bit. Uh, Ohio State struggling a little bit in Indiana. Uh, those teams have good recruiting classes too, so everybody wants to get better. But I think realistically, Rutgers will be able to score the ball more easily than they did this year, and and that'll be a big thing, I think, because um, you combine their defensive intensity and what Jay Young instills in them defensively, and uh, with the ability to score the ball more and a great home court. The rack. I think they have a chance to to do something that hadn't been done here in a long time. And I think a, a, a winning a winning season would be, I think, the first thing to um, achieve. Last one, Joe. You know, you know what it takes to win here at Rutgers. You were here during the seventy five seventy six run to the Final Four. You know what it takes to consistently build a winner and to really build a top flight program here at Rutgers. We have seen coaches Kevin Bannon, Gary Waters, Fred Hill, Mike Rice, Eddie Jordan. None of them, for various reasons, have been able to really rebuild Rutgers. They haven't been able to build them up to consistently win year after year after year. Do you think from what you have seen these past three years that Steve Peichel is the guy who will get it done? The guy who will rebuild Rutgers and bring consistent success to this program once again? I've been around the game for a long time, probably too long, but uh, I would say Steve is... Steve is the perfect guy for it. First of all, he just he just loves to coach, uh, and he's a great human being. On top of it, you know, he's got a great family. He really relates well to well to the players. He challenges them. Uh, he doesn't accept uh, anything but their best. 
and uh, he's the perfect guy. He's the perfect guy. He's incredibly gifted as an offensive coach. He's got a great staff. He's put together a great staff, uh, and uh, he's got a plan. He's got he's got a belief. He thinks Rutgers can be. You know, he doesn't think he knows Rutgers can be very good. And I think the best thing that um, one of the best things that he has going for him is is the athletic director Pat Hobbs has, has hired him and basically said, okay, you know, I'll try and help you in any way I can. I.e., the new practice facility, which will really be a big plus. So now, when recruits come on campus, uh, instead of showing them pictures, they can actually show them the building. They move in in July. That, that's a big step forward. Those little things make a difference. And um, he's the perfect guy. I mean, uh, I don't think they they. It's the best hire I've seen in Rutgers in, in years. And uh, he's, um, I can't stress enough, not only is he a good coach, but he's, he's an even better person. He's just a terrific human being. Rutgers is very fortunate to have somebody like that head of their men's basketball program. You can hear him tonight alongside Jerry Recco in the first round of the Big Ten tournament as Rutgers takes on Nebraska. Joe, thank you so much for coming on, giving me some of your time and your thoughts on this season for the Scarlet Knights. It's a pleasure. Always love talking Rutgers basketball. Good luck to you and everything you do. I want to thank Joe Boylan for coming on episode 33 of the podcast ahead of tonight's Big Ten opening round game for the Scarlet Knights against Nebraska. The name of the game this season has been progress. Rutgers has shown tons of it with seven Big Ten wins, surprising a lot of the fellow Big Ten teams, fans, and media with how improved they have been this season. But as I said to Joe, I think winning at least one Big Ten tournament game would really help send the program into the offseason with positive morale and momentum. Positive momentum goes a long way in the offseason as well. It, it just leaves a better taste in the mouth of everyone around the program, really. The fans, the players, everyone. It is much better than losing in the first round and being the first team knocked out. I think Rutgers very well could win this game. They've obviously beaten Nebraska at the rack in January, 76-69. to Nebraska lost one of their best players and someone who put up 16 against Rutgers in that January game in Isaac Copeland, and they are going to be playing without Amir Harris as well, so that's just less depth for a Nebraska team that already doesn't have much of it. I just think Rutgers overall is the better team as well. Win or lose, has progress been made this season? Yes. Win or lose, will expectations next year be raised? Yes. Win or lose, is Rutgers still a team that should be much improved next season? Of course. But even though win or lose, Rutgers has improved and raised the bar for next year, wouldn't you rather them accomplish all of that with at least one Big Ten tournament win? Win this one against Nebraska, and then you're playing with house money against Maryland. This game is crucial, and it has potential to add to the progress that we have already seen from this team here on the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.